right. What's going on, everybody? Once again, this is Jesse McCoy, and I'm here with the world's foremost leading legal comedian, Sean Carter. How you doing, man? I'm, I'm doing well, man. Now that we got past the State of the Union, I'm, I'll be good for a few more days. <laughs> Did we get past it, though? I don't, I, I don't know. There's so much going on with it, man. I, I, you know, when I was watching it, you know, I keep my little post game on Facebook for anybody who follows me. Mm -hmm. And I kind of keep up with everything that's going on, everything that's being said, and uh, try to interpret a play-by-play -play for people who are interested. And one of the first things that stuck out to me is for everything, for everybody who is claiming once again that they don't like this man and they hate this man and he's not, you know, American or he's not embodying the, the values of America. It sure was a lot of people clapping when he walked out. And I and so, you know, I put up a, a suggestive post that said, if you're clapping when Trump comes out, then you're racist. And you know, <laughs> I, I stand by that. Oh, no, well, I think it's amazing. And third it and fourth it. Um, and my current time, I think I can at least third it, that's for sure. But, but, but seriously, and here's what I mean by you, you got exactly right, which is that I always tell people it's not that all Republicans are racist, it's just that all racists are Republican. All right, so you know, you do the syllogism. <laughs> <laughs> and if you stand up and clap for, you know, Mr. Shithole Country, right, you know, Mr. Son of a Bitch, you know, all the things he's done, I don't get how you give him, you know, just sit down, let the man come in, give him a little applause, and then let him get started, and then, you know, he can say all the racist stuff that'll make you applaud later. They were they were giving a pre-racism clap. clap. <laughs> the standing ovation. And, and, and the thing that always sticks out in the back of my mind is, the people who are doing all the clapping are the same folks whose parents were upset that Russia might be trying to interfere in the American election. <laughs> that's that's very, that's very interesting. You know, it, it, but it was the weird thing is, it was like that night, none of that exists. And I can't believe that Trump didn't mention Russia, which, you know, I was, I got to tell you, as a general matter, I was kind of impressed at the fact that one, it, it turns out he actually can read. And that wasn't sure because he didn't do a lot of he stuck he stuck to that horrible script pretty much word for word, right? Um, but but I'm jumping, I'm jumping ahead here. Make sure we. Um, oh, by the way, um, as we sort of saw the parade or the 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 cast of what will be the word for it, his supporting cast. Um, it, my my father. Not by the way, I saw the thing in Compton. All right, that's where you go to see the State okay. of the Union. If you're going to go see the State of the Union, you got to go to Compton. I went to see my aunt. Our pops is there. And we're sitting there. And we're trying to play the game you played, unfortunately, on Facebook. Spot a black person in a truck. <laughs> Did you find any? Blackie Mongo. Blackie Mongo. Blackie Mongo. Find any? Well, you know, um, I was looking very hard, and then all of a sudden the screen panned across Ben Carson. They don't count. And I continued to look. <laughs> I, couldn't find, I couldn't find blackness anywhere. Um, <laughs> you know, and there were so many people, you know, before the State of the Union, I'd already advertised everybody I was going to be doing this Facebook thing. And people were like, why would you even give it your ratings? Why would you even right. look at it? And I was like, you know, it's important to me. I need to know my enemy. I need to know what my enemy. Well, let's also be clear here, because I had to post something about Snopes that let people understand the ratings aren't calculated by what you and I watch. They still use Nielsen ratings. So it does right. not matter unless your last name is Nielsen or you happen to be one of those 40,000 families. Watch what the hell you want. 
You can, you can watch porn. It won't matter for the ratings. All right. So <laughs> you might have a better time than watching the State of Union. But the point is, is that, you know, this idea like, oh, I'm depriving my ratings. I want to say I'm not even going to turn my D, unplug my DVR. I'm like, fool, that doesn't count. Unless you are a Nielsen family, Nielsen, you don't count in the Nielsen ratings. All right. So right. you did the right thing watching it. And besides the fact that, quite frankly, I don't know about you, but I, 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 I don't want to hate you from an uninformed perspective. <laughs> right. I want to know exactly. why I hate your guts. All right. I'm not going to, you know, be, be losing years off my life hating you for not knowing why. That's ignorant. Right. Right. Well, speaking of ignorance, Corey <laughs> Adams. Um, <laughs> so there was a random black guy who was shouted out uh, as the token of the week um, by President Trump. Uh, I'm not even sure if I remember what he did or what he accomplished. What I do remember is the pride with which he had on his face while all the members of the Congressional Black Caucus are looking with the ice grill at him. Um, and and I just thought to myself, you have to realize you're being exploited in this very moment. Oh. When, the, when the president who thinks there are good people in the neo-Nazis <laughs> picks you out as an example. <laughs> well, this is probably not going to end well. This thing is, you don't remember. So Corey Adams, they first Trump introduced his boss, a guy who um, created some business, and he talked about how wonderful it is his business is growing. And then he went issues with one of their prime yeah. workers, Corey. Corey had just gotten his certificate, I think, so he can weld now. And Corey sat there and, and beamed with pride because basically Massa brought him along as his show worker. I was like, wait a minute. Now. Oh, I know 48 black uh, anesthesiologists in my family. You, the, the brother you had to find was a brother who was working for the man, right? You know, it just got his welding certificate. That's the best brother you could find to show off in America. Really? And I'm not mad at Corey. Because <laughs> Corey, you know, I understand why Corey did it. He got a free trip to D.C. He ain't going to get there on the welding money. I, I get there, okay? Right, right. <laughs> but I'm like, you couldn't find me, uh, you know, a neurosurgeon somewhere. You know, think about it. You couldn't find some other Uncle Tom. What about Ben Carson? Don't he have some, some kids who went to school or something? Like, I don't get how this was the best he could find. I know he was trying to sort of diversify it. And I'm like, really? It was I mean, literally, it was almost like, you know, let's show off, you, you know, this big black buck you got here. Right. You know, who's, who's right. on the field for you. I was like, really? It wasn't his, you know, his executive vice president, his general manager. It was, you know, some line work, which I mean, ain't wrong. I don't want to be an elitist here. You know, that's, that's a good thing. I'm glad right. the brother's working. He's doing his thing. He's a good, good man, you know, helping his family, you know, supporting his family. That's what you're supposed to do. But, 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 but also he, he cooned us a little bit. And, and I'm not going to give him a hard well, time because he probably didn't know he was cooning us. All right. Cause he doesn't even know. He just happy to get a free trip. Um, but brother, um, they don't have nothing good for you. All right. <laughs> well, you know, a, a Trump supporter would say this shows that unemployment in the African-American community is obviously decreasing mm-hmm. un- under a Trump administration. Because Corey here, <laughs> who's beaming with pride, he understands the value of America and what President Trump has done for him in keeping his job from going to Mexico. Well, that is, that, that is true because he certainly, that is why it happened. It wasn't anything about it going down from 14%, right? I'm sorry, from 37% on Obama to like 14. But now it's going down an extra 1% or 2%. That's really, you know, the percentage that, that really tipped the scale here. And so thank you, Trump. You know, it wasn't, black unemployment wasn't doing anything until you got here. You know, what, what, whatever. Here's the thing I didn't get though. I didn't get who he was, who he was hyping that for because, you know, that, Pissed off the, the, his base, 
Like, man, you done gave the blacks all the jobs, no. right? And certainly, brothers, I love that yeah. fact. That's the thing is, when he's talking about black unemployment and, and Latino unemployment being, you know, at an all-time low, uh, you didn't see no Democrats standing mm-hmm. up and clapping. Right, right. <laughs> I'm right. like, who are you even trying to impress? The Kente cloth was so official all throughout <laughs> the congressional <laughs> black. I thought they had just left the Black Panther um, movie premiere. And that's <laughs> sitting there. Even Congressman Butterfield from North Carolina just sitting there with shamed looks on their faces, hidden well, by the Kente cloth. I, I saw Cory Booker, and I started getting a little scared for all of us because I'm like, man, you you can't you can't eyeball that white man like that. I was like getting a slave mentality, like, hey, hey, you gonna get us all in trouble? He was looking through Trump. I was like, man, he. My, my pops was looking at me. And he was like, I think Cory Booker gonna whoop his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Corey, you're getting a little too black, brother. Calm down. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, who who knows what Trump is even thinking? But I was happy that he quoted or at least touted all his perceived success uh-huh. with decreasing black unemployment. And the reason I'm happy about it, it's not for um, last night. It's for a year from now, right? Okay. <laughs> because last night he erased any connection of Obama to black unemployment. Good point. He erased it because he took all the credit. So if this trend does not continue and we meet back up this time next year for State of the Union and black unemployment is high, he's going to do one of two things. Mm -hmm. Either he's going to not mention it at all, or he's going to blame crooked Hillary and the Obama failed policies that (laughs) caused the black unemployment. And now we've got this, well, yeah, but wasn't it you? That's it. Last year, well, well, I mean, you telling me with a straight face that he's not going to take responsibility for what he did wrong and apologize to American people? Is that what you're telling me? I don't believe yes. it. <laughs> you're jaded, brother. You're too jaded. Right. I, you know Trump will be the first one to say he was wrong if he was wrong. You know that about Trump. <laughs> <laughs> it's just locker room talk. Man. It's just locker room talk. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. oh, 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 man. Um, and, and I wanted stuff. to talk also, they, they brought um, the little boy who had been putting uh, grave markers on veterans' uh, grave sites. And, you know, it's one of those things. They, they The Republicans always run this really cool Jedi mind trick where they try to make it seem like Democrats don't care about the truth right. at all. So it's like, look at this. Look at this child raised in the pure uh, Republican American way <laughs> and going out and doing for the veterans uh, or doing for deceased veterans, making sure that their grades right. are kept. So my thought was, it's interesting how we can support movements to Martin veterans' grades, but we have so much trouble we're trying to help the veterans who are still here. That's uh, that's very interesting to me. We've we've had story after story about veteran health care and, and uh, their needs not being met, homelessness amongst veterans, uh, drug use amongst veterans, and they can't seem to get any of the benefits. But yet, uh, when they die, there's going to be a child that's going to put a really nice wreath uh, over over their grave plot. And I just find that very well, interesting. Well, you know, think about it. two things about that. One is that one, when I saw the picture, I was like, you know what? They done recast Little Baron. Right? They done got to like, you know, it's like Darren and, and, and Little Bewitch. <laughs> they done got a new damn Baron, right? <laughs> a little right. taller, maybe better looking. Good for them. They done, they done, they done upgraded the Baron. But then <laughs> when he told the story, and then he also, you know, he threw in how we like to stand for our uh, our national anthem. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was like, okay, I was expecting it. I, you know, I, I at least didn't call him an SOB during the, during the State of the Union. But what got me about that is I'm like, wait a minute, this is the only way you could show respect. Now you're not showing respect, or, or you don't have any problem when when you denigrate, you know, and, and tell everybody from from you know that's serving in the service now that they are all working for Hillary in the deep state, right? When the State Department, right? No, no, that's not that's not disrespecting the troops. It's just if you kneel, get on a knee, then that's a problem. But you know, otherwise it's fine. You have to release, by the way, information from the Russians next week. They can put all the troops in danger, according to the FBI. All right, but you don't have a problem with that. It's just the fact that, you know, Colin Kaepernick didn't stand and, and grew his afro too long. <laughs> yeah, I, I was very, very, uh, I will say, I won't say surprised. I don't know what the word I'm looking for. I was very shocked at how flagrant Donald Trump was with the nationalism, the xenophobia, uh, the, the dog whistle racism. <laughs> like, he, he emphasized the point. Uh, you need to stand up uh, when you're talking about our troops and celebrating America in any way, shape, or form. Um, and it just it made me angry only because I'm still disappointed with the NFL boycott, primarily because the players I feel like never realized the extent of their power. The, the players we talked about this a million times with all the black players in the right. NFL. If everybody decided we're not playing this Sunday. We would have gotten not only um, a statement from Roger Goodell about <laughs> police brutality needing to end, but we we probably would have gotten the NFL to even go out and and help police wear bright colored NFL jerseys while operating, and uh, the jerseys have cameras in them to ensure <laughs> that everything is above board. Like we pro- we probably would have got a whole bunch of stuff, but people just didn't have the solidarity and my people I mean primarily I, I can't agree more they'd be 32 right. cities all right Jacksonville right <laughs> you know Philadelphia right all of New England all right where there wouldn't be no police brutality nowhere right. all right his brother said we're not getting on the state we're not getting on the scene. we're not taking the field again in Cleveland Right, right. Another young kid. We're not taking the field now. Actually, Fit Cleveland don't count because actually they don't want them to take the field. Uh, they can't win <laughs> they the game. They wouldn't want the same amount of games. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But you give a point. Um, now, so we so we got we got through that. The president then moves forward. So he kind of talks about accountability in D.C. Absolutely. So he his his whole platform coming in was about draining the swamp. So he wants to but get now, all these undesirables out of Washington. Now, I won't talk about how how murky and wet and um, alligator filled his his cabinet, his administration is. I won't talk about that. But from my perspective, I found it very interesting that he wants to hold people accountable. So he's firing folks now who aren't doing, I guess, what he feels like they should be doing for uh, the area of uh, I guess the area that the agency serves. Uh, So basically, he's. Uh, pulling a straw and decide who's gonna who's gonna get fired, and uh, I feel like it's very you know I, I salute accountability in Washington one hundred percent. So my question for President Trump is: since we're all about accountability now, when are you gonna turn yourself in? Like when when are you gonna say you know what I colluded with Russia? I'm I, I shouldn't be here. You know what I'm saying? I influenced. Are you telling me that you don't think the president will eventually at some point say, you know what, I can't keep this straight up any longer. I don't want to deceive the American people any further. My conscience is bothering me. Are you telling me the president's not going, his conscience is not going to bother him? Because I don't believe it. I don't, I said, when you 
turning 72. He's turning 72 next year. He's conscious going to hit him. I'm, I'm, I promise you. No, no. He, he's not thinking about accountability for him. No way. No, no how. Um, right. You know, and now he did do some things, though, that was strange, though, because part of me, I'm telling you, it was the weirdest speech. And there was some thing, you know, and they say this, you know, these speeches are kind of often written by committee. So everybody gets thrown in that sort of pet project. So he's going good with the military. Right. right? He's going, he, he's, he's going good with, you know, the, the swamp, the drain, the drain, the swamp. He got the base all upset. You know, all, all, they're about to, you know, go get, get two tiki torches back out. Right. And then he throws in this right. Uh, right. terminal illness thing. Oh, I'm sorry, the experimental medicine for people with terminal illness. Oh yeah, there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of policies that he was uh, recommending that really came out of the Democrat handbook. If you were a Democrat any time from yeah. 1991 to 2018, you probably were shocked to hear him say some of these things. And I couldn't tell if he was just being facetious or what. But one was uh, giving people with terminal illnesses access to experimental uh, medica- uh, medicine. And the only thing that kept sticking out to me was all the (laughs) debates about stem cell research and how, you know, despite the fact that we know stem cells can help cure a number of diseases, we still didn't want to do it because this whole life and, you know, when does life start, God and all this stuff. So Right. Right. It's the Republicans who don't who like, hey, 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 come back on the stem cell. You know, Bush is the one who, who had the, you know, and it wasn't a total ban, but a partial ban on the stem cell research. Right. You know, that's not I don't I don't I don't know who I was like, did you forget what party you were on? Or did you and here's what I think I think about it is Trump about Trump. Trump is such a narcissist, and I can relate to this somewhat. He wants applause so bad. I think the fact that, that other half of the room mm-hmm. wasn't applauding him, I, I can't believe he didn't say at one point Black Lives Matter. <laughs> just trying to get the brothers to stand for Whoa. something. The half a room that wasn't standing had to be killing them. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, let's not go that far. I, I don't know. I almost felt significant. But he was, I mean, think, he was, I, I, for a minute I was going to say, you know, uh, you know, pre, uh, was it, uh, head start for everybody, right? Midnight basketball, right? right? Whatever <laughs> kind of old democratic ideas we used to have. Because he was, I think it was hurting him that he wasn't getting no love from a whole half of the room. Well, you know, what I thought it did was expose the hypocrisy of Congress because, you know, I I don't really have too much faith that Donald Trump is going to say or do anything that he talks about. But what I was really concerned about is the same people, Mitch McConnell, all these these old people who've been in Congress forever, the same people who fought against the use of stem cells. Why are you clapping? Like, why why are you clapping for this? So you're admitting to me in prime time that all of your arguments against these procedures and against all this, it was just BS because your guy didn't present them. And and that's the deterioration of, of Congress. Well, but here's the thing about it, though, is, and I, and I can kind of see where you're going here, but you have to understand that, you know, you can't be on TV, all right, clapping for Trump and black and I don't know, want to be able to not only win your seat back, but even, you know, go to your grandmama's house because you know what we did to Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey, by the way, you know, supported Hillary, right? Voted for Hillary, right. told people to vote for Hillary. He showed up at the White House when, in a big old fur coat. Right. And, and, and people were like, that's it. You know, from now on, we ain't watching Family Feud. Right. Yeah, we, we, we gonna watch, we gonna all watch Wheel of Fortune again. That stupid show. 
we don't care, right? <laughs> and so, you know, I, part of it is, is like they couldn't, you know, be seen, you know, supporting. Even like I said, even if you said Black Lives Matter, they'd have been like, no, 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 fool, all lives matter, right? We can't be on your side on TV. Yeah. Now, if they do a, a build together, like, you know, infrastructure, then that's cool, but they couldn't support him there. Speaking of infrastructure, um, do, I, I assume you got the same point I did about infrastructure, which is uh, this is universal. Um, I, I feel like infrastructure apparently is the go-to catchphrase when you don't have anything else to say as president. Like, I feel like that's always, <laughs> there's always a need for infrastructure. We've been investing <laughs> in infrastructure since 1776. And it just seems like it's the one thing that just is so elusive. We we can never manage to get a hold of infrastructure. Now, I always think about this in the sense that when George Washington was beating his slaves and running the country, um, right, right. he was concerned about infrastructure. This was when they were riding in horse and carriage from Georgia to Philadelphia to sign paperwork, okay? So so I can see, all right, infrastructure might be a thing. But after we get Dwight Eisenhower and he has all this fund allocated to build highways that connects all the states and all this, this whole interstate system that we have, then I would think all we're doing from this point forward is touch up, right? So like, okay, right. maybe we're gonna put a lane here. Maybe we're gonna clear up the potholes, you know, something like that. But I still drive on 95 and 85 frequently and I still hit potholes. And I still see tons of construction all up and down the highway for miles at a time, but it doesn't seem like any of that stuff is changing anything. Uh, and I wonder, is it just government contractors that are saying, yeah, we'll work on this stretch of I-95, give us $50 million, and then they literally work on that stretch of I-95 <laughs> for about two years and then move the cones and say, all right, now, if you want the other stretch of I-95, we're going to need $50 million more million, and we keep just feeding into it. It doesn't make sense. It's the only issue that, if you notice, is bipartisan. It's the only issue that doesn't matter who the president is, infrastructure always needs to be fixed. Well, but then that's the thing is, and if we were smart, we would have forgot that law thing. You know what we would have gone into? Making highway cones. That's where all the money Because <laughs> that's all they do is put up $50 million with highway cones and then, you know, wait, wait for you to not drive that way anymore. Right. Um, I, I'm amazed at how, how little gets done. Now, for the most part, you know, it, 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 I understand that, you know, the fact that this is, you know, like I said, both parties do this. What I can't figure out is how both parties talk about it, but we still got LaGuardia Airport. Right. If you haven't flown into LaGuardia Airport, imagine you're in old Calcutta. But... Like not recently, Calcutta. Like maybe a hundred <laughs> years ago, before we even discovered airports, and okay. just a bunch of cows and in a field with rice. That is the LaGuardia Airport. All right, <laughs> it's like I now know why Sully crashed into the Hudson trying to get away from LaGuardia <laughs> Airport. He didn't care which way he was going, just as long as he got away from that damn airport. It is the it is construction there every year. All right, and still it looked worse than the year before. Like, I'm like, you know, you, you literally look like you're building worse stuff than you had before. And, and I, I don't even I don't even get it. So. So, yeah, everyone sort of talks about the, their, their infrastructure. Nobody does it. Um, but, you know, it's it, it allows us to to I think to really um, exercise our American grit. American grit. Well, you know, as far as LaGuardia goes, man, you know, you can fix that easy if you just take your um, 
emotional support um, peacock. You can just off talk right for a little bit. But we got to talk about the emotional support peacock. And what Jesse's talking about is the fact that, and by the way, we're going to have to say this. All right. This is white people stuff here. All right. <laughs> No. This is what I love about it. This is what I love about it is as hard as life is for black people, we don't get emotional or emotional support, nothing. I ain't never even seen a black person with emotional support dog. All right. This woman tried to get on the plane with what she claimed was an emotional support peacock. And by the way, peacocks are a lot bigger than that NBC sign. The peacock was like bigger than bigger than me. And it was in Newark. And it was <laughs> It's just like if if anything can go wrong, I I just figure if there's ever an airport in the United States of America to not bring foolishness to, it's going to be You can't even get people in Newark to tell you where baggage claim is. They look at you like you're stupid. Like what's wrong with you? How you gonna bring on a big old six foot bird? All right, tell me that's my emotional support. And by the way. I don't even get it because peacocks, you know, will bite you, will punch you. I mean, a peacock is not like a nice bird, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know if there are nice birds, but certainly, you know, and, and I, exactly. So, yeah, the emotional support, I, I don't even, I don't, I don't even get it. But, but as black people, we should get something, all right? Because <laughs> try to bring your butt to to, to, La, to a Newark airport with a, with a Rottweiler and see what happens. <laughs> well, you know, this these are uh, Rottweilers. Maybe a little bit too far. It's not. It's not quite as exotic uh, as the peacock. I think the peacock is. Uh, you know. I think. I think they should have let her on the plane. I think they should have oh, so let the peacock well, on the your plane. Your black book couldn't even show up with a canary. They'd be like, get your butt out of here. And you know, there ain't no support canary. I, I don't even get the whole thing. It's like I can almost understand. She said, you know, she had like a minor or a cockatoo. So I need something to talk to me, right? But what is a peacock gonna do for you on a plane? Let the tail feathers out. Make colors. Okay. All right. All right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's shade. It's it protects her from having, <laughs> it protects her from anxiety from seeing all the people who are around her on the plane. What it does is it gets her aisle by herself. Is what it right. does. <laughs> Not on United. <laughs> Not on and United. by the way, you know, there are no such things as poly trained birds, right? <laughs> Everything goes right through a bird, right? So you imagine the person who got to get on that plane next. Oh my goodness! Well, you know these these companies uh, like United—they're all established under what Donald Trump considered American grit. So I want to get back to that. All right. I absolutely despise when politicians—and this is one criticism I have of Obama too—I despise when politicians want to give you. The, the golden, rainbow-esque version of American history. I hate it. They say, you know, people came over here from all different countries with dreams and hopes. And when they got here, they worked hard. And that American grit pushed us into 2018, where now we have industrial, uh, we have big industry, we have corporations, we have financial centers. That's what it, And I'm sitting there like, so we're just not going to talk about the, the 300 years of slavery, like we just, we just gonna skip <laughs> American grit is their code word for I don't want to talk about slavery. Like that's, that's the code word. Americans came over here. Well, let's put in some some words here. Uh, they came over here not all voluntarily. That's important. <laughs> um, they were a workforce that was unpaid. 
Very important. You can make a lot of money when you're selling products made by people who you don't have to pay. You make a lot of money. As a matter well, of fact, but you don't understand. He actually is telling, telling the truth because the Americans he talking about uh, ain't black folks. That's not American. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> That's excessive. Right. So the Americans, you know, and some part time workers, because you know they were planning on sending those brothers back as soon as they were done with them. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's it's just crazy, and everybody does it. I'm waiting for the president who's gonna keep it real with everybody and say, "I just want to be honest with you. We have what we have because we had 300 years of free work, and we're trying to do everything in our power to get those 300 years of free work reestablished because we can do a lot of stuff if we pay you." Pins on dollars. So we can't have people asking us for $12 and $15 an hour. Those are livable wages. And we don't really want you to live. We want you dependent on a system. <laughs> but see, Trump almost messed that all up because then he started talking about prison reform right? and how he was going to fix, fix that. Which, by the way, did he talk to Jeff Sessions before he started this talk, this speech? Because Jeff Sessions uh, ain't having prison reform. All right. This is a guy. I love the fact that Jeff Sessions was too racist to be a judge, but they were like, no, no, no. You need to be the attorney general. Right. And 12 years later, because we know as people get older, they get less racist. Right. right. So now that you, right. right. you got less racist as you got older, <laughs> let's make you attorney general. Remember, Jeff Sessions want to get, he want to bring back marijuana prosecutions, uh, jaywalking, uh, right. uh, not waiting a whole half hour after eating, after 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 eating before getting back in the pool. He won't make that back in there. At least, at least in the black pools. Actually, we don't have to worry about that because we don't swim. But assuming we did, as soon as we start again, that's gonna be us. Uh, and so the fact that Trump was talking about prison for, like I said, did they tell him what was in the speech beforehand? Did someone just write it? On I think what it is. I know what it is. Melania, that Melania write it, and she stole some of uh, Michelle Obama's uh, <laughs> convention talk. That must have been it. When he said prison reform, what I took from it is if by chance he happens to get found guilty of treason or some impeachable (laughs) offense, he wants to reform the law so that he's able to get out. That's prison reform. reform. That that makes sense. But which way? Your explanation there makes way more sense than anything he said in the State of the (laughs) Union. Speaking of real prisoners, uh, MS-13 uh, which I thought, by the way, was the stuff they use in the Chinese restaurants. But apparently that's something different. That's uh, MSG or MSG. something, I guess. <laughs> because the huge thing about it is, I remember, I'm straight out of Compton, right? Love right. to tell you, put on my birth certificate, give me some black cred. I, I feel good about it. But the thing about it is, uh, I remember I remember when I was you know, in Compton, and I'd be scared going to school in the morning because I'd be worried about MS-13. Not the Crips. Not the Bloods. No, no, no. MS-13. Remember uh, Boys in the Hood? Wasn't that all about MS-13? <laughs> Remember I'm going to get you, sucker? Or uh, No, that wasn't was a real movie. Or Juice. Or uh, Remember all those movies? Remember Juice? Remember Tupac? That was about MS-13, wasn't it? <laughs> Uh, that I don't. I don't think so. I think how you gonna make up a gang and then make them the most scary thing in the world? They got they got wait in line. How you gonna jump the line between Crips? No president ever worked by the Crips and the Bloods. All right, at least you gonna give some respect. Show some respect. They jumped the line. Well, see, this is the thing. He had to reach to get a gang that was going to be primarily Latino, right. so that he could peg it to all the dreamers. Because the one thing Donald Trump knows is that all these people who through no fault of their own were brought over into America as babies and are now functioning tax-paying adults, 
they're all car carrying members of MS-13. Donald Trump knows Absolutely. that. <laughs> so, <laughs> all eight hundred thousand of them. Now, I think I guess what right. I thought is, is like, no, but think about, it. about the Latin lords. Like, you, if you want to get a Latino gang, fine, but you can't just make up a gang and now they be the biggest threat in the world. It, I mean, the MS thirteen. I think that was something he got from Get Smart. Wasn't that uh, uh Get Smart or, or or no no no? He was eighty six and she was ninety nine. Well, no, I don't. I don't know. MS thirteen. Well, for us, MS thirteen, it's very real. Like it's <laughs> it's real, but it's it's not all the dreamers. So what we have. It's it, well from my limited research on criminal history on the History Channel. Um, <laughs> so, so MS-13 is basically like the younger generation's offshoot okay. of the Mexican mob. Okay, fair enough. And they are very, very dangerous and fatal, and they tend to be in areas that are poor. Now, it just so happens that people who are dreamers, surprising to me, come to America and don't have a lot of money, right. so they end up in areas that are poor. Too. And one of the things that, you know, hurts when Trump just says everybody is MS-13 is a lot of the people who are victimized by MS-13 are dreamers. So you're telling people who likely are the ones who are impacted the most by MS-13 that, hey, you're part of the group. You might as well just join, have a cookout, have a reunion. We're going to deport all of y'all and send you back. Then on top of that, we've got story after story where people are showing fathers, mothers, kids getting deported from the United States of America, despite never even having any connection to the country of origin that they're getting sent to. So can you imagine if, if you lived here since you were five years old and now you happen to be 55 and somebody comes to your job and it's like, Hey man, we're gonna send you back to Trinidad. And you like, I don't know anybody. I don't have a job down here. I don't have property down here. I moved to get, you know, my family moved to get away from here. Who knows if the people in charge still remember them? You know what I'm saying? So like I'm I'm here and now I've got to find a way to make a living. And who knows what's gonna to happen to my wife and kids right. back in America. So it's just it, you it's one of those things that you never expect that kind of foolish logic to come from anybody called a president. Like you just don't expect it. And it was so flagrant that I'm like, when, when have you ever seen somebody who is supposed to be the leader of the free world sit here and actually have the unmitigated gall to categorize all dreamers as MS-13? I, I hit the roof. I hit the roof. Um, I, I hit the floor. I hit a few things because it that's ridiculous to me. Like, it, it's horrible. Well, but that was the whole thing. He's been doing it a long time. And I love the fact that imagine, right, if you had tried in any other group, all right, to talk about, you know, the Asian gangs, right, or or, or right. any other. Imagine if he had even said, you know, about young brothers and sisters, you know, it's all Crips and Bloods. Right. It, it, it's like, you know, this idea is so obvious where I'm going to paint out the, the, the crimes of one group. And by the way, I'm not going to mention that, that, that a white boy shot 55 people at the same time. Right. right. right which is probably, way, or probably all of MS-13's entire 2017 total. All right. You know, cause I, I looked it up and, and I looked it up on Wikipedia now to try to figure out the list of MS-13. They, they only the second listed, uh, in, of a Latino gang. Right. They're not even mm-hmm. number one in Latino. 
All right. But the bottom line is, like you said, you get a few big cases, a few profile, high profile cases. And now they make this the greatest thing going around. Now we don't have to worry about nothing. Hypertension anymore. All right. Gingivitis. All we got to worry about is MS-13. (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, just, you know, to Trump's defense, the white person who kills 50 people, that's a lone wolf. Yeah, good point. That's that's (laughs) that's not that's not domestic terrorism. That's a lone wolf. (laughs) He obviously had some kind of mental disability and perhaps his wife leaving him the week before because he threatened to kill everybody uh, was, was what sent him over the That's edge. That's that a long walk. That happened from time to time. <laughs> um, and no, no, I mean, it's, it's, so we, you know, we had that, you know, just race, but he's been doing that forever. That, that, that blatant, and then he sort of transitioned from, you know, let's hate all the Mexicans and, and get them all out of here to, by the way, we got to keep them out. So let's get to this wall. Right. And the wall talk, I mean, I can't believe that in 2018, we're still dealing with this. Um, There was this, uh, I don't know if it was a comedian, it was a guy on a late night show on Mexican television. And the guy says, Donald Trump's an idiot because he's talking about building walls. And he just starts laughing. And they were like, well, what's so funny? He said, because he acts like if you build a wall, people can't still fly over (laughs) in an airplane. (laughs) So the concept here of this wall. Now, before we go into that, I want to backtrack. When candidate Trump was talking about a wall, the whole time that was going to be financed by Mexico. And Mexico is very clear with us that they will not be paying for the wall. And Trump was very clear with us that Mexico will be paying for the wall. Somehow... This has turned into a request from the United States Congress for funds to create a wall, which would tell me that Mexico's position has but, not changed, but perhaps ours did. Yeah. In the second term, they will then agree to pay for the wall. Trump is just, is just wearing them down, so uh, getting them ready for the second uh, term. And if not, then guess what? Um, they, then we're going to start taking all their Taco Bell franchises um, and all the Chihuahua <laughs> dogs will be confiscated, even though they all belong to Americans. I don't know what his plan is either. I love the fact that, by the way, we have sort of a wall in some places. I don't know where he wants to build a wall in the middle of the Rio Grande. Um, because, by the way, that is, by the way, the southern border is the Rio Grande. We have a river. A river is not sufficient, but a wall will do it. <laughs> you, you can get across the river, but not a wall, right? Um, it is just the most ridiculous idea in the world. But his people want. Ha- Here's the thing: they don't even. I love it because there is, by the way, partial, a wall in never number of places. There, they don't even want a wall. All they want is someone to tell them that they're building a wall. They'll be happy with it. He can just show them pictures, Photoshop yeah. some stuff up there. They'd be happy with it. First, <laughs> that's all they want. They're not going to ever leave. The, you know, they trail double wide anyway. So why would they care? What you know, as long as you put up some pretty pictures, I would put. If I was him, I put a picture of the Great Wall of China up, right? Just put a whole thing up, be like, oh, here we'll, we finished the wall. And they'd be like, oh man, that's that maga, maga, right? <laughs> they are fine, um, and, and and so you know, Trump doesn't care about that. Plus, by the fact, it doesn't matter anyway, because apparently, according to um, what I saw in the State of the Union, uh, they all high on smack anyway. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we've got the opioid epidemic. 
and I, as, as I tell everybody, the opioid epidemic is basically the crack epidemic, but the difference is it's affecting white people, so it's a medical yes. issue. <laughs> and it's not a criminal issue. <laughs> so uh, with this, um, Trump is, is asking for Congress to supply the necessary funds to help these people who are being affected by the sale and uh, distribution of opioids. Meanwhile, at the same token, the corporations are getting more and more approval from the FDA to put out more and more opioids. So what which one is it? Are we are we just saying we're gonna we're gonna treat it as a medical issue for which we're gonna prescribe more opioids? Is that what it is? Um, and I'm waiting for the days where SWAT team is gonna kick in to uh, Benjamin Thomas the third's door and, and take his uh, junior high school son away in the middle of the night with right. tanks. <laughs> I know it's coming. I'm telling you, we have now we have we've matured. We now have compassion. We understand it's a disease and not a a moral failing. Don't you understand that? We we now have evolved um, because um, we we see the people being um, what's the word for it? Oh, white. Yeah, that, 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 that's it. Um, you know, they have, as, 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 as people like to say, what is that? The, the complexion for the protection, right? Um, and so somehow yeah. we, 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 we're a totally different America. We're compassionate now. Well, unless you're a dreamer, but we're compassionate people now, as long as you happen to be white. Um, so if you know, if you, if you, if you, someone gets addicted to that or, you know, it becomes a big Molly epidemic, um, Robin Tussin. Know, Claritin, that'd be fine. Um, but just, you know, not anything that black people w- w- would use, like, oh, I don't know, pot or, or, or crack. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the rash of zero tolerance policies to come down. I want to see white people in their trailer parks getting, getting <laughs> ran up on by the fence. Like, I'm trying to see trying to see people laid out on the ground and, and all getting handcuffs no, put we, on them. And, and news stories and mug shots. Um, that's what no, we, I'm waiting We have for. evolved past it. That, 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 that's over. Now, but we still, <laughs> just in case it gets the, 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 the opioid thing gets a little out, out of hand, we can make sure we keep Guantanamo open. The thing that bothers me the about that, Absolutely. and I had to post about that myself, is I was like, you know what? It's one thing to come up there and say, you know what? We don't, you know, we have this Guantanamo thing. We have not been able to ferret out everything. We still have this war on terror. As a short-term intermediate step, we're going to keep this open. We hope to somehow move to a more normal rule of law. But just for it's a necessary evil for right now, we'll keep it open. That's one thing. But to stand up and say, you're damn right, we're going to double the Guantanamo. <laughs> and how the people literally, and the Republicans would stand up cheering for the indefinite detention of human beings by the federal government, cheering, woo, Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. I'm, a, I'm sorry, you called them, you called them human beings. I thought they were enemy I, combatants. I, that, that is different. That's, that, that, that different. <laughs> um, I'm going to tell you, I don't think that uh, many of the Republicans, uh, I, I read a book last week or listened to an audio tape called Sapiens, and it talked about, you know, the, 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 the entire history of the, of the human race. And technically, I think they're still considered homo sapiens because we can technically breed with them, although I don't recommend it. Um, but but, but I'm, I'm a little worried about their morality. How you cheer? For, 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 for prison and torture. I can understand saying, okay, we got to do it and holding your, you know, kind of, ooh, like this, you know, kind of wincing, like, ooh. 
But to be like, oh, this is it. That's the USA. USA. Uh, they, they got problems, man. Well, well, I'm pretty sure half of them. <laughs> they want so. to. They, you know, they so mad they can't. <laughs> well, they probably well, they probably have them affected with the slaves, but, but but you know they can't bring out you know Ching Lee they then stole out from Vietnam, so they they they're real mad about it. They got to go in the down. Crisis, absolutely. And and this is uh you know breaking news, breaking news. I don't know if you know this, but apparently ISIS is dead. That that was that was what what Trump reported in the State of the Union address. Apparently, ISIS. Is you know, I, I heard. Well, almost we got like ninety. What was it ninety nine point nine percent of it or whatever? We we still got a little a little a little bit of you know, just a speck a speck of I, I, ISIS left, except for the, all the new ISIS we created in the last uh, two three years. Um, you know what? I, I I don't even know what to say about that because you know since really the ISIS Shazam hour in the seventies in the cartoons, I really haven't been worried about that much about ISIS. Um, when I leave my office tonight, I'm not going to be looking around for ISIS. I'm gonna be looking around for the Mason Police Department, right. really. That's what I'm be looking for. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need to get rid of, bro, right? You right. know, NYPD right. ISIS. Um, but let's talk <laughs> lastly about the, um, I guess, the North Korea situation and the depraved character of the North Korean regime. Right. So Donald Trump, of course, in his classic feud with Kim Jong Un, that I actually thought was. Dying down. I thought they had finally reached that breaking point where they were like, no, you, you, you squeeze first. No, you squeeze first. No, you squeeze first. And they just gave up and now they, they're, not drinking, well, they're not drinking in Meek Mill. All right, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna settle this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but this, this is something funny that I've been noticing in the news too. I've noticed that for some reason, North Korea has expanded diplomacy with their surrounding countries in a fashion that they had never done before. And I wonder who's really the depraved leader. Is it North Korea or is it everybody saying, look, I can't deal with this Trump dude. So I need you to have my back just in case. <laughs> we know that you're willing to stand up to him. So, cause you know, South Korea for all intents and purposes is basically uh, uh, the Asian arm of America. That, that's basically what it is. So, and South Korea is meeting, not only meeting with Kim Jong-un, but they are going to the Olympics as a unified country. Something that has not happened like ever since the Korean War. And, um, and I'm sitting here like, wh- what caused them? Was this something they were already talking about doing before now? Or is this just that they have, is, is it, I don't, maybe they just have so little faith that Trump is going to protect them that they figure they might as well concede now and it'd be a peaceful concession? <laughs> uh, I, I just don't understand. Like, and, and I think what Trump does is every week he comes out and he fires his darts or, or shoots his tweets or whatever about the size of his button and how his button works and and all this stuff, and and Kim Jong-un, you know, gives it right back to him. And it's just, it's funny because there's that old passage, or that old parable that always says, wise men shouldn't argue with fools because people can't tell right. who is who, right? And, and he sits here, they argue with each other, but the only person who could possibly win this argument is Kim Jong-un. Why? Because he was from a country that nobody really cared right. about until Donald Trump's argument made it relevant. 
He was from a country that nobody really had any diplomacy or trade with until now Donald Trump put them on the map and now he's expanding his diplomacy. He he had nothing but the country yeah, that no, he you're, did. You're right. All right. All right. I like that. I like that. So so basically, you know, that that the MVP of North Korea is Donald Trump. <laughs> right. Right. They're going to make right. him <laughs> <laughs> they, should, they should let him do the State of the Union. I, I got it. I, I I got it. Speaking of sort of letting someone else do it, we got to talk about the count, the um, the the other side of it, the uh, response from the Democrats. Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> well, one of the five responses. One of the, <laughs> I didn't I didn't get to see them all. Um, but we got we, we got to talk about my my new boy. All right, Joe Kennedy the third. J K. That, you know, that's that, that's that's my man. There, I, I I I over the weekend proclaimed him as the the, the one. All right, and let me tell you why, because I don't even know much about his policies. I know that he actually is against weed. That's no problem I got with him. But we we we, we get him high. We'll, we'll, we'll him. But but here's why I like me some 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 Joe Kennedy, because he is white. Okay. I don't mean a little white. I don't mean, you know, that Chuck Schumer, you know, Italian, you know, swarthy white. I mean, white, white, white. Like, like he can't even be near the sun. He can't even <laughs> walk by open window and have the sun out. He's he going to need to have the White House all black, you know, just, just all the shades down all the time in the White House. I, you know, you know, if you, that's good. I looked at him in the picture. I was like, that's some good white. That's some good white there. Red hair, <laughs> green eyes, freckles. As white as he can be, a man, oh, that's what we need. We need a white man. I root for everybody black, but I'm rooting for everybody white man in the Democratic <laughs> primary. And let me tell you why. I'm going to tell you why now. You say, you know, I want Cory Booker. I want Kamala Harris. No, I want the person who can win. I need somebody that a white woman can vote for. And it ain't going to be another woman. It ain't going to be a white woman for sure. We learned that. All right. Do you realize that as bad as Hillary did with white women, she actually did better than Barack Obama did with white women? Wow. So what happened with Barack is he had us all out there. All right. That's what, ha what happened with us. Right. All right. That's, that's how he won. All right. But, you know, but but they bring out you know Elizabeth Warren. Then, you know, she ain't going to win. Kamala Harris. I would like to think that we would all rally around like that. Um, but mm, I, I don't know about us. Um, you know, I, I know black, 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 black churches ain't, ain't all that uh, egalitarian. Uh, we might not all, 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 uh, all mobile, you know, mobilize for a sister, sadly. But, but, but get us a white man, you know, then we can get the white women to come out. We can, we can take this election off. All right. Get them a nice younger white man than Trump. And, and think about it, he, Trump is orange compared to Trump. Right, compared to Kennedy, Trump is damn near a Negro. All right, and I don't mean like light-skinned, electable Negro, like you Negro, like black, black Negro. Right, I mean like my like my daddy black. All right, just you know, unelectable black. All right, it's like we could probably get all the white supremacists to vote for Kennedy. All right, because he is white, white. Oh, I'm going rooting for I'm rooting for everybody white. Well, I, I got three reasons why I like Kennedy. One being mm -hmm. um, that I feel like. The one thing the Democrats need to do is we need new blood. We need somebody of a younger generation to change because all, for the past three weeks, I've been sitting here throwing my shoes at the TV because the Democrats, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm supposed to be a Democrat. I don't know if they claim me, but they keep caving in every single time they get an opportunity to take a stand and draw a line in the sand. They cave in. The government shut down. 
They caved in. They didn't get anything for it. Like you caved in for nothing. And it's frustrating to people like myself and other people of this age bracket, particularly because we were so pro Bernie, even though we knew it was going to be a long shot for him to get in there. So you wanted somebody who was going to express Bernie Sanders type ideas, but be in more of a, a, a frame that we're in. Like I'm coming out of this, uh, I'm coming out of college and I'm in the government. But that's great. I love that. The, the second thing, he has the lineage, right? So no, right, right. he doesn't have to, like, I, to be honest, my expectations weren't even that high. Because I'm like, right. as long as the guy survives this this thing and makes sure security is all around him, as long as he survives this, he wins, I, right? I, I don't know if you knew, but the name Kennedy is so powerful. He was in my grandmother's, you know, Black Trinity. <laughs> you know, when you go to any black grandmother's right. house, it'd be three pictures. It'd be it'd be Jesus, MLK, and then it was John F. Kennedy. Absolutely. Now, when Obama got elected, Obama you know replaced Kennedy and the Black Trinity, but he was in the old school Black Kennedy, Absolutely. Black Trinity. He probably still in a couple of Black Trinities now. All right, Absolutely. so you know he probably replaced Jesus in a couple of them. So the point is, is that you know this is big, um, big big name recognition. I wish you served. All right, and I think I lost it. <laughs> I got, I got like, uh, oh, oh, um, financially, he like, okay. I, I just, I don't know his his bank account situation, but I would gather that he probably doesn't need to pander to anybody okay. to run for president. I would gather that his family has a trust of some sort that's already been um, provided for, and basically in the will it said. Here, Joe, this belongs to you. Make sure you run for president and leave something for your kids. Like that's, that's yeah. pretty much what I feel like it's set up for. So I, the one thing that Trump has exposed me to after the last election was the power of not needing the party's money. The Republicans right. created a monster out of Trump because for so many election cycles, they were able to use their money and influence to make candidates who may have otherwise seemed like they were okay people turn into the monsters that they wanted them to be for the money. Classic example, right. John McCain. John McCain, before <laughs> he ran for president, I didn't agree with him on everything, but I agree with him on a lot more stuff than I did when right. he ran for president. Uh, and I and and even I, you know, I've always been a big fan of people who are in the military. Uh, going up to be president because I feel like you kind of need that experience to know what war is like so you can know what you get ready to send people into and if it's worth it, right? So I'm like, okay, you know, John McCain, I I think he's got the experience. I think he's got the temperament. When I think of a president, I think of a commergeny old man who's going to sit here and gripe about stuff and, and basically be stubborn until he feels like action needs to be taken. That's what I want. So, um, you know, I figure, okay, John John McCain, great person, but candidate McCain, I don't know who that guy is. Uh, so, so, it's a whole new. You guy. know, I gotta tell you, in, in the place I was watching, as soon as Kennedy said, "All right, Black Lives Matter," oh please, we 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 lost our mind like we just won the Super Bowl. Black people started hopping up and, and screaming. I, you know, I was like, oh my god, that's like Bill. That's like when Bill Clinton played the saxophone on Arsenio. Right. All right. It didn't matter what he did after that, right? Crime bill, right? Uh, you know, ending welfare as we know it, all this horrible stuff he did afterwards. We didn't care about that because he played the sax. That was his saxophone moment on Arsenio. Oh, absolutely. All right. 
And then, all he needed to do at that point was if he had, and then go ahead and then what? And then he hit him with the Spanish. Say, I bless Benito. There you go, bam. <laughs> if he would have ended that off with one, just one verse of lift every voice and sing, that would have been it. <laughs> that would have been it right there. Because <laughs> I was like, what language is he speaking? And he started, he, and I thought, you know, like, oh, don't be pandering. You know, like my after the Hillary Clinton situation, I've, I've gotten awesome. really keen to people pandering, you know what I'm saying, to the community. So I was like, okay, don't say anything like, you know, boy, I Iglesia, anything that we learn in a basic uh, Spanish class. But when he started hitting them with the paragraphs in Spanish, <laughs> it's like, oh, he knows what he's talking about. Man, he, he, you know what the funny thing is? We don't know. He's probably saying, you know, this broadcast is, <laughs> is not is copyrighted by Major League Baseball. We, we don't know. But the funny is, though, you know, is that he did all the right things. Now, the only thing he needed to do is he got to get somebody, I don't know if you noticed this, uh, to wipe the corners of his mouth. Did you notice that? Yeah, there was. That was a nasty, right? I can't, I can't go through 40 years of watching you and spit in the corner of your mouth, all right? But. Get him a get him get him get him a, get him a paper towel or something. He'd be fine. Uh, that's some good white boy there. My my wife was looking and she was like, I can't tell if he's drooling on himself or what. And I was like, Nah, it looks like the ointment they put. He got a herpes on his lip. Like, oh, you know, I thought that too. I thought that too. I was like, Yep, that that's probably. Yeah, I'm, no, he looked like he definitely done had a little herpes from time to time. All right, so I ain't mad at him. Um, I think it's unavoidable. If you're Kennedy, you gonna get a little herpes. Uh, how you gonna not? I ain't mad at him. So lastly, um, we were speaking of or not the things you don't want. I guess we should talk about Monique. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And the big boycott of Netflix that's scheduled to start <laughs> on February 31st. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for, for, those people, for those people who have been, been under um, Monique released a video in which she says basically that she felt disrespected by Netflix because she wasn't offered millions like some of her counterparts. And she mentioned Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle and Amy Schumer, who all got multi-million dollar deals from Netflix, whereas Monique was offered 500,000. And as the remedy, um, she decided that if Netflix wasn't going to give her what she wanted, we collectively as I suppose she means the diaspora. Uh, we we collectively should boycott Netflix. And it was very problematic for a couple of reasons. One, nobody is trying to discredit the argument that black women are oftentimes overlooked and underpaid for performing Absolutely. the same jobs as men do. That is totally an issue. But in this situation, it's a little <laughs> bit different. It's not spot on. Um, sec- secondly, I think that Monique is, how do I put this? I don't want to be disrespectful to Monique. I happen to think Monique is a wonderful person. She seems cool. I think she overshot. I'm, 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 I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to cut you off. Yeah. You, you just, sit here and, and spend 35 minutes pussyfooting it. Let me explain it. I'm just going to say that in two words, charm school. <laughs> you put out the coonish special of the century, Monique's Charm School on VH1. It was so coonery, they wouldn't even do a second season of that. They did Flavor <laughs> of Love twice and wouldn't even do Charm School another time. That's how that's how coony it was. I, I wouldn't I would get Netflix if I didn't have it now. Right? <laughs> and by the way, five hundred thousand dollars for an hour of you sitting there talking about skinny bitches. Really? Well, you know, she doesn't do it anymore because she, she's, she's skinny now. She's skinny now. Oh, then hell no. 
Well, then she needed somebody to tell her head that one and two. <laughs> and here's why why I'm being so ignorant about it. All right, <laughs> and, and fat head shaming. You know, you know, you shouldn't fat head shame. But let me tell you why I'm fat head shaming. Because I hate this trickle down activism. Right. The way we're gonna get a paid equity for black people out there is to make sure that Monique get twenty million for her age for Netflix special, and then it's gonna trickle down to the brother working three shifts right. at Jack in the Box. No, right. no, no, no. Let's start with the Jack in the Box brother. All right. So when you out there trying to get the fifteen dollar an hour bill passed, then we can worry about you getting your, your getting more than a half a million dollars for your lame jokes on right. Netflix. Right. 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 And and let me add this too. I mean. <laughs> I think it's important to understand the culture that you're trying to speak to. And, um, you know, I can't speak for the diaspora, but I will speak for my family. Um, there's only one of us who has a legitimate Netflix account. <laughs> and the rest of us have usernames and passwords. I'm not, I'm not trying to bring heat on the situation, but I'm just saying, if you are asking somebody to boycott, what you're really asking somebody to do is to turn their back on their family and friends. <laughs> but here's what cracked me up was I think that could have been that call and if it came on Monique it definitely wasn't going to get you know, answered but I don't care if it was Oprah I don't care if it was Jesus All right, black people were serious about their Netflix because they all said the same thing you're right we need to have pay equity but not my Netflix <laughs> if, you, if you want me to give up uh, Hulu or Amazon Prime, I'll give that up. All right, but don't make me give up my Netflix. All right, and, and, <laughs> and I totally get it. I, and I also believe, you know, factually, I just think Monique is wrong. Like it, it, you can't. First of all, you can't say that Netflix is racist if, in that same sentence, you're saying that they pay Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle because obviously they're black. So there goes your racist argument. Right. Um, you can't say that they're sexist if they pay Amy Schumer. Obviously, that comes to sexism <laughs> argument. So what she's really saying is that Netflix is discriminating against black women. But the problem is that's not exactly true. There are a number of women who came out in support of Monique. Uh, right. Wanda Sykes. Thank you. Um, I think Jada, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith came out. But my problem is this. Netflix was founded and it continues to be the place for new, fresh voices. Right. So there are a lot of black women on Netflix who are making money. For instance, the ladies on um, the show Orange is the New Black, they're okay. making $35,000 per episode, okay? The um, the uh, Jessica Williams, who used to be on The Daily you know, Show. Exactly. Take that back, though. Take that back okay. a sec. They're getting 35000 an episode, which is good. That's mm -hmm. still, all right, less than one fifteenth of what Monique wanted for <laughs> Right. Would someone ask you or offer you a half a million dollars, all right, for an hour of your time, all right? I have a hard time thinking that you are greatly underpaid, particularly when that person <laughs> is someone that think about it. I don't know about you, but we should probably say her last name. Because quite frankly, if you say Monique, if you said to me Monique three weeks ago, I'd be like, Monique who? Monique okay. Johnson? Monique Watson? It ain't like we all sitting there going, like, what's Monique doing next? You think about it. I don't know about you, but I, I'm not, I, I don't, are you following her on Facebook? 
No, but I, I don't want to feel like I'm disrespecting Monique, man. She got 145 <laughs> followers, and 20 of them her her mama, sister, and you know, and, and not in them, and those chicks from Charm School. <laughs> Monique, you, if I ask you a half a million dollars, you take your money, girl. And by the way, you know, and then maybe you know, get, 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 you know, maybe if you did something funny, and we might like you. <laughs> Monique, this is my message. Monique, if you happen to be listening to this podcast, this this is my message to you, okay? Um, and I'm gonna try to say this as nicely as I can. Um, I really feel like if you would have just used that as an opportunity to expose your jokes and your brand of humor, um, you know, which some people admire and appreciate. If, if you would have used that as an opportunity to let people see you and let a new younger audience get to know who Monique is, because it's just, it's just not 1997 anymore. Right. And the Parkers isn't really, you know, it might be a syndication, but it's going to be on like UPN and other cool related stations. So, so, so it's not really, you know, what people are watching anymore. And I just feel like you might have something incredible that you want to say, and it might be worth $11 million. But until you can show us that it's worth $11 million, you have to perform. And you can't rely on the fact that you want an Oscar for Precious because, A, um, the Oscar for Precious is a drama. You're a comedian. So unless you plan on acting uh, in a movie, which apparently you blackballed out of Hollywood too, um, uh, unless you plan on acting uh, and pursuing that craft, then you can't you can't cross over like that. That's, that's kind of like LeBron saying, "Well, I'm the best basketball player alive right now, so let me go play baseball." Like that, it doesn't work like and that. By, and by the way, I want to be highest paid. I don't just want to go in right, and right. think about it, right? right. I want to be highest paid in baseball. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. And and, and, and so, Monique, because you ain't listening. All right, because you obviously, if you listen to somebody, you wouldn't have done this stupid stuff you did. Let me tell you, <laughs> to have your people tell you simply this: if someone offers you something, it's not enough money. Then what you do is you go to someone else and you try to get them to offer more money. I have this happen to me all the time. Remember, I kind of do humor for a living too. People don't ask for me a half million dollars. I would definitely do it, but they offer me oh a lot less than that. But they offer me a lot less than that, and, and it's not enough for me. And I have this happen all the time. Someone says, "Oh, we don't have the budget." I don't go boycott them. No, I just simply say, no, thank you very much. I go to the next person. Sometimes I say to them, hey, you know, if you know anybody else who want this, why don't you, you know, hook me up with them? But I'm not going to sit there and, and, and try to get somebody boycotted because they didn't want to pay me the money that I thought I, I was worth. You know, what kind of ignorant stuff is that? You know, you're not making any friends here. All right. And you got, you know, Netflix has spent, by the way, they, they invested $6 billion over the next, next few years in new programming, including $20 million for Chappelle, et cetera. They got a lot of black people on the payroll. All right. Just because you didn't get your money don't mean no black people getting money. We talk about the sisters in Orange is New Black. So, uh, Monique, um, I don't know what to tell you. Get a straight man next time. How about that? I'll give you some advice. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was wrong. I, I was wrong. Pray for me. Well, not, not just the, the sisters in Orange is the New Black. Like Jessica Williams, she got $3 million for her movie. Uh, Michaela Cole, she's getting millions for Thank her you. stuff. So, I just feel like they're fresh voices who are putting out content for. 2018 as opposed to content from 1997 and i just feel like if if the the major takeaway that i took from this entire conversation about monique is i'm not paid enough money (laughs) (laughs) because if if this is the way it goes if, if if netflix just has money coming down like rain uh i have a bucket 
And I'm, I'm more than happy. Netflix, if you're listening, Netflix executives, you know, we can convert this audio podcast to a visual podcast and put it up on Netflix. And I think you'll do great numbers. And I think it'll expose us to our audience. And I think it'll expose my bank account to being in the black. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And thank you. I want an African American bank account too. And the point is, not only that, but you get Netflix. You're going to get two brothers. We're right. going to do more than an hour. All right. We, we already over an hour now. All right. We're going to do an hour. We do an hour every day for you. I don't know about you, but I'll move to the Netflix headquarters and sleep in there. All right. right. For about 3750 all right, and, and, since, it, it, and since league league minimum seems to be five hundred thousand, yeah, we'll take five hundred thousand. Let's just five hundred thousand. We'll work our way up, you know. Both, both, <laughs> of, both of us would take it. Both of us would take it. Um, you know, <laughs> or an hour. It, it's it, it's 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 like I said, it's not that you know that sisters are definitely underpaid. All right, we need to we work yeah. on that. But you know, what it's like it's, it's like Rosa Parks. All right, Monique, you not the Rosa Parks. All right, yeah. you you not even Amorosa. All right, I don't know what to tell you, but you not you not the one that we can that we can that we can we can all ride behind. And I'm not I shouldn't be so so hard on the sister, but I tell you I am hard on the sister, like you said, for the reason you mentioned. You know, the only activism I've ever heard from you is when you didn't get your more than half a million dollars for an hour of work. When you tell me that is you know, I remember her I remember her talking about Kaepernick. Do you remember her coming out for Kaepernick? No, but I do remember her talking bad about Oprah. There you I know go. that didn't end well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, picking fights with Oprah. All right. You know, it's it's just like I, I don't know what to tell you, but we can't, you know, you can't be the, the, the poster child for this. All right. Now when when uh sister with Issa, um, you know, roof everybody black. Right. If she tell me I need to right. boycott HBO and um and, and and it's not near the Game of Thrones um coming out, I'll do it <laughs> for a month or two. Right. And it's easier to boycott HBO because that's a premium channel. There you go. So I can say, oh, okay, well, I just won't use it. I got Netflix. But you can't boycott Netflix. And, you know, where else are you going to go that for $10 a month you can watch all the movies and TV shows that you want to watch? Not just you, but apparently all your family members, too. So uh, right. what kind of boycott is that going to be? They're only going to lose like $20 a membership anyway. So Right. <laughs> right. right. And she want us to spread the word like white people going to be like, oh, yeah, Monique. Yeah. Yeah, I know her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Monique. So I want to, I guess I should apologize. No, I'm not. I uh, apologize next week. Um, anything else, Jesse? <laughs> No, no, that's it. You know, make sure you meet us next. Uh, what the next episode? I don't know when it, this stuff comes out when it comes out. Come on, it's come a free on, come podcast. On. Oh, this is a black podcast. podcast. It's enjoyable. It's a black podcast. It's enjoyable. We're trying to be as bi-weekly as we can, and we would like and appreciate if you continue to listen. And if you give us some feedback on our Facebook page, uh, Brothers in Law, we uh, shout out to everybody who has been giving us feedback on the page. We try to keep it fresh and talk about all kinds of issues. And if you had watched the Facebook page over the past week, you would have known what we were talking about when we were talking about the uh, emotional support peacock. You would have known that. So if you want to be in the know, you need to go ahead, like us on Facebook and just read what we put up. Well, and also, in addition to that, we need some iTunes reviews. We need Absolutely. about, oh, about 400,000 of them, but, but we'll take, you know, a, a few just, so if you've listened to us on iTunes, just take a second to go through, give us some five stars, tell them how wonderful it is, how insightful it is, how good looking, uh, the presenters are, but you, you, you can't see it, but you can tell. And, uh, right, right. you know, and, and let, let people know about that, but we appreciate everything. And, uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. Now we're black podcast. So the next episode is probably going to start about 10 minutes into it because we're going to be late. 
Right. All right. So we ain't going to start at the beginning. But anyway, thanks so much for being here. We'll see you next time, people. Peace.